strap into an alien Ava and begin synchronicity with us as we explore the film release of one of the most popular anime TV shows to ever come out of Japan. This week, we look at the clip show version of Hideaki Anno's masterpiece. So join us as we ring in the holiday this year with joy and cheer for all of humanity's instrumentality. This is Kaiju vs. History, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Death and Rebirth. Welcome back to Kaiju versus History. This is your string quartet band leader, Patrick. And joining me is a nerve agent with a lot of nerve, Miles. Hey, Miles. What's up, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is is what I have been sort of dreading doing since we started this show. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's the same thing of us diving into Ultraman. You know, there's there's too much Ultraman because if, if we did yeah but like Ultraman, the thing with the thing with Ultraman to... is like I'm fine like doing a like a bounce across a show that was mostly monster of the week and had a couple of like mm. main story points this is a show like there there are our entire essays and books and classes taught about this show oh. taught about singular episodes of of this show this oh, yeah. is definitely the theses thesi have been written <laughs> I don't think I have the the education, despite the fact that I feel like I had a good education. We went to the same college. I, I don't think I have the education to. <laughs> I was about to say, not a single college class showed me the Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> um, if if it was, if if one did, it would have been the one that ITA'd, and I didn't do this because I did a science fiction class. Well, you know, it's so funny. One of the freshman uh, lectures that I didn't get into because I misregistration and it's so funny because it's my favorite movie of all time was like the literature of blade runner (laughs) like you know i guess the influences on the movie did dr zides do that class uh no no it was um, really because he's a massive blade runner guy it it was the head of the english department i I forget her name um but i would have loved that class it's probably who the dr hitchmo maybe yes but the the this means nothing to no one who didn't go to Wofford I was about in the to early to mid two thousands. Probably cut all this out, but the no, no, no. I I think I, I mean you could definitely do an entire class. You could do multiple podcasts about Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, really, only I mean, twenty six episodes and like you know maybe six movies if you're being generous. <laughs> That's it. That's all of Neon Genesis Evangelion. And we're still devoting. Did they, did they do an official manga? To I'm sure they did. There were yes, there were manga, and some of the manga did expand upon the series, and you know went in some some different directions. But yeah, I mean, there's some video games. There's a couple of other things, but as far as like the main series, I I, I was honestly surprised that it was so few episodes. Once I finally got into it, I I got I, it was this behemoth thing like when people talked about it before i had watched it so i guess yeah I and this did something else this episode is entirely my fault because patrick gave me the choice is like do you want to rewatch all of evangelion or do you want to watch the film now back when i first watched evangelion um i had kind of researched what the situation was with this show because mm-hmm. i knew i knew there was the show and then two movies because i remember I remember Suncoast like having a massive poster of End of Evangelion when it came out in the States. And I remember uh, that one specifically like probably being, around the time we started college, actually. Early yeah, I remember, I remember ads in magazines and stuff like they They put a decent promotion behind End of Evangelion, which we will cover next week. I mean, yeah, that's not really a surprise. We're doing this, you know, the, the Evangelion duology here. And so I, I remember reading that, like, you can you can mostly skip death and rebirth if if you're just wanting to get like all all of the show and then the movie that's that's what you need to watch and i i'll I'll be honest i just didn't feel like watching all 26 episodes again i did it about six years ago and i I had had the hankering to go back (laughs) i watched them all last year 
and the movie. And I didn't do it in the the order I wanted, which was insert the movie after episode 24. But if I did a rewatch, I'd probably do it that way. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that that If if I choose to watch this again, that's how I'm going to do it. Well, yeah, for, for podcast purposes, you know, we do look at kaiju television as part of our special episodes and uh like miles said i gave him the option i was like well do you want to do the recap movie and the tv show or do just one or the other and i think it makes more sense for us to kind of bundle everything in under death and rebirth under that brand and do that yeah i mean because otherwise the these two episodes would be very far apart in our kind of chronology because you know the tv show was 1995 right yeah it ended yeah i think it both started and ended in 95 or it started in 95 and ended in 96 and then the the two movies came out basically a year later 96 97 and yeah so i i think it makes a little more sense for us to do it this way we are talking about the theatrical release of Neon Genesis Evangelion Death and Rebirth, which we technically didn't watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's not really a way unless you have some fairly old DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> so they, what, what is several versions of it? it? Yeah, it's it's been re-edited several times. The version that is on Netflix is called, I think, Death True Squared and is yeah, essentially cool. just the clip show part without. Well, it's, the... a, it's an edit of the edited movie <laughs> right because there it's was the, death, it's, the, it's the second edit <laughs> there was death true which was kind of like more of a director's cut yeah it was the t- we're, we're going to talk about Japanese it, television yeah th- we watch what is available currently on netflix you can i'm sure track down oh you can like, i was going to watch release. it but i wanted to know what you watched so i wasn't watching something completely different <laughs> well if you watch these back to back which is kind of what i did you are getting to the experience and uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about you're getting a experience i don't know if you're getting the experience we'll, we'll talk about i mean you're getting the, basically the experience that theater goers had in right and, and i do I, I, will, I will i will talk about that uh, but i do i made a mistake um because my my experience with compilation anime films has been largely pretty positive and usually they're pretty comprehensive i'm speaking mostly of like maybe the the gundam compilation films mm. which are probably the original trilogy is probably three of the best compilation films i've ever seen they feel complete in a lot mm. of ways but this this experience is well, well we'll talk about it i guess before we before we get, go on patrick is there anything in the title this week because i don't know if there is no, you probably got it. Death and Rebirth. You figured everything out, right? No, there's, gotcha. there's so much to talk about the title of. Well, we're going to talk about the title of the series itself, as well as the title of this film and why it has so many different versions. But, well, yeah, we'll we'll get to some of these other questions first. But are you strapped into your seat, Miles? Do you do you have LCL filling your lungs? Are you ready to go down a a rabbit hole like like got, you've I never got, heard of before. I've got one fill in my mouth, and that's about all I can take right now. <laughs> <laughs> it it <laughs> is definitely this is the craziest title background segment either. I, I did the research for this about a week ago, and you did. I I did more research just in to the history of you know these different versions of Neon Genesis Evangelion than I did for like entire other movies. You know, there's sometimes there's not a lot out there about these old films. So th- this there's a lot. There's a lot of academic stuff written about this, and there's a lot of history written about Neon Genesis Evangelion. There's uh, def- so much written about Evangelion. It's yeah. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm looking over the notes and I'm, I think we have wildly different experiences with this film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you mentioned having you know, written papers or have uh, classes about anime history. You definitely need a degree in anime history to understand fully how this show kind of came to be and and Mm -hmm. came out, but we're going to give you kind of a crash course, I guess with this week and next week episode. And I think just kind of what you need to know, hopefully Uh, this week's title exploration, we are, is going to be a little bit involved. So yeah, just stay with me. The TV show, the TV show we're, we're talking about, Started in Japan October of 95 and ended in the March of 96. Ended on TV Tokyo in Japan. Only had 26 episodes in its run. And so, I mean, it was on TV like half a year, really. 
Mm-hmm. The tr- straight Japanese translation for the TV show is New Century Evangelion or uh, Shinseki Evangelion. And Shin, we know, you know, is kind of a prefix for a lot of Japanese words, usually translated as new, right? N-E-W, new. Yes. And, has, and one uh, that has continued in in uh, Hideaki work. Yeah, he, he's got the Shin verse. <laughs> um, but he's it, talked it, about wanting to do something. I mean, I know they've done the multi multimedia projects with all of his. Well, here it was called Rebuild of Evangelion for the mm-hmm. new movies, but I think it's called Shin Evangelion there. Yeah, mistaken. which which makes sense. It and that's just not something. I, I mean, it doesn't have the same connotations in English, so you can't just call it New Evangelion, N- New Neon. You know, no, but we, we we call we call all of his new movies Shin because I think they just like the title. Yeah, well, Shin it, it doesn't just mean new. It has like root va- various root meanings that include like nouns and adjectives like God and truth and heart. So there's like a lot you know attached to this very simple singular I, I think kanji character in in japanese seki from from shinseki evangelion translates pretty directly to century galian it refers to the gospel in christianity so translated it's from a greek word and it meant good news you know the like the the gospel means good news right 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 <laughs> so new new centuries gospel is kind of the the japanese meaning how we got to Neon Genesis, you know, it's a very different thing in the English translation. I think it makes a lot less sense than the Japanese title, but is somehow so much cooler. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just so much more evocative. There's a little bit of ambiguity, which I, I enjoy on Neon Genesis. And yeah, it just kind of matches up, I think, very well with the theme. Both do convey kind of a religious theme, but I think maybe the English is slightly less religion based i guess genesis does have a a very heavy uh christian connotation. yeah connotation when i hear genesis i think of star trek so maybe not for me <laughs> we, oh, we call man. it the genesis right <laughs> yeah so that's the basis of the tv show let's talk about this movie this released in japan at shin seki evangelion jijiko bon she to shinsi jijiko bon means the movie or movie version. And so this was advertised as Evangelion, the movie, basically, in Japan. And <clears throat> this was just, you know, kind of a, a recap to the, the the TV series that had ended a year prior. I'm sure they were probably replaying those episodes in some form or fashion on TV, but maybe they're trying to hype up a film. And what better way to do that, which you're you mentioning Japan has just kind of a culture of these recap movies putting on the big screen edited together bits and pieces of television shows. There's tons of Ultraman ones. You mentioned Gundam. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> with all that out of the way, uh, this movie did get released a few times in theaters. Uh, the initial release was March 15th, 1997. It was followed up by another re-release in January of 1998 called Evangelion Death parentheses true <laughs> okay this was a, this is also on brand this was the shorter cut of the film that basically we watched because it took off the additional rebirth section the rebirth section is just kind of the first bit of end of evangelion but at that point end of evangelion was out so the preview wasn't really needed the film was again re-edited re-re-edited and re-re-released later in 1998 Losing four minutes and I guess of some connective tissue and was called death true Two or, you know, to the second power. And that was part of the revival of Evangelion project, which saw both death, death, true and Evangelion, I think in one theatrical experience. So you would watch them all together. That came out on March 8th, March 8th of 1998. And yeah, there's like a four mentor four minute intermission between those two sides. And then you got the entirety of end of Evangelion. So that's a very similar, you know, if you just, there's one movie. (laughs) Yeah. If you just played those two on, they're both on Netflix. uh, That's the, the experience that you would probably be getting. Yeah. So miles, you would think with all these title shenanigans confusing us, (laughs) I might 
not be able to to follow all this. But my favorite movie of all time, as aforementioned, is Blade Runner. And there's like seven different releases of that film. So I, I, I've been at parties, bored people to death talking about how Ridley Scott had no real involvement in, in some of the original cut of the film or the director's cut. And there's right. two things that are actual director's cut. And one came out in the 10 year anniversary, one, the 25th year anniversary. So the final, final version. Yeah. There's the final there's, cut. There's a final cut. <laughs> there's that's a, the, whatever the last, the last one that he, he signed off on. That's what I have. And that's what I watch. That's the great. Well, I have, I have the box set of all of them. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've got the version that's got like, like yeah, five cool. discs on it, but like, yeah. I'm going to only watch the one. <laughs> That is definitely the best. So I, I totally understand Hideaki Anno going back and, and changing things. But it's so funny. We really um, crapped on like uh, a George Lucas in the late 90s for doing something similar, like going at, back to his old films and adding in effects and <laughs> scenes and stuff. But yeah, you know, this is this is not something that isn't without precedence elsewhere in, in the world. So, yeah. Why did we decide to talk about death and rebirth, not some of these other re-releases or just the TV show? But like I said, if we did it chronologically, it would kind of mess things up because, you know, well, I mean, if we did another version, we might be talking about end of Evangelion first. But yeah, I want to talk about how these released in Japan and the hype around the TV show ending. And then the next year, these two films releasing theatrically and really blowing up and and becoming super popular on the the big screen before before we get into talk about the the movie and the experience so much here this poster is uh, you know pretty close to the the original japanese poster uh, is, is there anything on here that stands out to you because th- this didn't make sense to me <laughs> like i i would watch the show i was like who's this guy on the right there's there's four Oh, you talking about Toji? <laughs> yeah, there's four pilots on this. He's like not in this movie at all. Toji is in the movie for like less than 30 seconds, you know, <laughs> like that episode where he becomes a pilot and yeah, Shinji I mean, kills him. Spoilers. Yeah, it's a great poster. I mean, I, I, I feel like when they were making this poster, they were make, more making a poster for Evangelion in general mm-hmm. rather than just the movie because it was supposed to be a representation of the show. But it's, and, it's, just, it's so and silly. I, because... I, I want to. I'm a little curious as to who this movie is for, and I say that because, mm-hmm. um, you know this this movie is taking a 26 episode series and editing it into like 88 minutes. Yeah, and it it also rearranges things uh, in a more horrifically kind of, annoyingly, <laughs> a, a, kind of a more chronological way that if the audience already knows about like, you know, that they have basically a God strapped into so, the, the basement of the, the that's, headquarters. I, I, that that's where the rub for me is a lot of times, you know, these compilation movies can be for people who may not have seen the series on television. Yes. And that is not what this is. <laughs> no, th- this is a crash course. This is an 88 minute, like previously on to, to remind you some of the core things that happened in Evangelion a lot of times without like good context to prepare people for yeah uh end of Evangelion. But I mean, the problem with this is for me, unless I have just watched the show, this is all nonsense to me. It's well, the, it's so interesting what they decided was important to add in and what didn't make the cut. I think that's, you know, if you watch the, the show, I I wouldn't recommend skipping this movie because it is interesting just to see. It's like they thought this was important enough for an audience to be refreshed on. Yeah, you I know? mean, I would agree with that. That it's it's an interesting conversation piece. But like, yeah. if I ever decide to watch OG Evangelion again, I will not be watching this. I don't think it's that interesting of a conversation. And the one thing that that remains true in death and rebirth to me that I think kind of carries over from the series. It's still present in this movie and it's certainly present in the next movie is that um, I hate Shinji Ikari so much. He is my least favorite fictional character (laughs) of all time. 
Well, you're supposed to hate him, I think. Like I don't think you are, because I have heard plenty of defenses for this character. I have seen treatises written about this character. You're supposed to pity him at the very least by the end of the series. But I I don't think that the the way that there's a reason that you're supposed um, to like him that much. To to put the PG version out there, there's a reason getting the robot Shinji is a massive (laughs) meme. Like He is the most frustrating character to watch on screen. And I, I know that I'm not like diving into the deep stuff about the character. I know some of my friends, if they're listening to this, are pulling their hair out because I, I have many friends who are massive Evangelion fans and who have mm-hmm. written about Evangelion. And my it's not distaste because I think there is a lot of of merit and value in Evangelion. But I am a lot more flippant about Evangelion mm-hmm. <laughs> and frustratingly so, partially to just be annoying to my friends. I'm, I am that kind of person. But I, I think that this character is is so unlikable to me, <laughs> like 90% of this entire show that like even the time, even the 10% were like, oh, he's kind of sufferable right now. Like. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it inevitably does. And, <laughs> I, and this this show reminds you, hey, you know that character you hated for 26 episodes? Yeah, that this is this is this is him. <laughs> oh yeah, this is him. Really at at his worst in in some of these. Yeah, because they, yeah they 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 don't show you any of the good the good scenes with him. It is him being his absolute most annoying. Yeah, and, I mean, so much of the show is very bright and hopeful. You know, you know, him becoming a better pilot and learning to trust his co-pilots, his handlers, all that. That is not in this movie. They are preparing you for End of Evangelion, which is, you know, Hideakiano's not death of the author, but death of the character. <laughs> Basically, the complete assassination of Shinji. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if it's assassination. I think it's a like euthanasia. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, we, we can talk about the the production of of this film and. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll stick to this one and, and the show itself. Yeah, um, the, sh- the show is a is definitely a a victim of its own success. It became a cultural phenom while it was still on that really pressed. I, th- I mean, because they, they didn't have all the episodes done when they were starting to. They to didn't have the money them. to finish the show. So that is that is a misconception. I I think they did not have the time more than they didn't have the the money. Well, from from what I remember, Anno saying was like they didn't have the money to finish the show the way that he wanted to. I guess I should say. Yeah. Well, they, they you know, and we'll talk about uh, I think with the end of Evangelion, you know, because that is kind of they got the money, <laughs> they got you know everything that oh, they yeah. needed after the show ended, but they they were still kind of tight on time. From what I've read. They were already starting e- end of Evangelion while the show was still on air, while those last couple episodes were still coming out. So they they did not really have a ton of downtime between the the show and the movie. We'll, we'll talk about that more next week. But yeah, th- so th- this movie is clip show. It is very different from almost every other clip show because it is for people that have recently also watched the TV show. You know, like I said, I'd watched it about a year ago, so I'm in the same camp of people in Japan that were watching this film, you know, comparatively to when the show actually came out a year later. And it worked for me in getting me ready for uh, another rewatch of End of Evangelion. But uh, mostly (laughs) I think that's because, you know, I didn't mind it. was It's fairly short, I think, without the the rebirth part, which is the first 26 minutes of even end of Evangelion. This is only like 70 minutes. There is some additional things that kind of get added in. Like they did animate some new things, including kind of like a a thematic thing of the main pilots playing classical music, (laughs) the, the music of the, the film. So there's some interesting ideas that they kind of put in here or there, but uh, for the most part, I, I I think this is for the fans who, you know, were rabid to get a a sense of of where the story was going to end. And thinking about it, if I had just watched those first twenty six minutes, it, they are so 
action-packed and and crazy, I I would have been extremely hyped for End of Evangelion after watching this film, you know. But I, I, man, I I just don't know. I I mean, getting to see some of the the end stuff in, in watching that film may have I may have, I, I, that's why I kind of wish I'd watched the actual Death and Rebirth mm-hmm. because I I might feel a little differently. Because just watching this clip show, like I would have, t- like if if I went into this not knowing, I would have taken someone who probably hasn't seen any Evangelion. And be like, oh, this is gonna, this <laughs> is gonna tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Before not. before the new movie comes out, and that person probably would have never talked to me again. Yes, and it's so funny. You said it is, <laughs> it's skippable if you've seen the TV show, but it's also not something you would show someone who hasn't seen the TV show. So who who's this for in your that, mind? That is the, that is the exact question I asked <laughs> no, at, it's... The, at the top of the show. I don't know who this is for. But, and and I, other than like, if you had just watched the show and you want something to do on Friday night, Hey, they compiled that show. I like into a feature film. Cool. I'll go see that. It's, um, it's, it is for the mega fans who are looking to complete like every Check every single box on the Evangelion kind of uh, absolutely, and and get that sneak preview. Like I said, you know that was that was a part of it. That was not the original idea for the these two movies. I, I, I had to dig pretty deep down into some archived web interviews with Hideaki Anno. Yeah, to, I'm going to be honest. I did not do the research Patrick did because I know what a rabbit hole this is. So if I come off of like not knowing all of my facts, oh, this I would lie. Because I, I was, said, nah, I'm not doing that. I was Google <laughs> translating <laughs> Japanese pages and I, stuff. I, I I told you at the at the start of doing these two specifically, this is a reminder of what our, our show is supposed to be in that, like, despite our name, we are not academic. We are re- doing review stuff and giving some context. I am. This is a rabbit hole that I kind of refuse just to go down anymore. I, I, <laughs> I did this once when I was like 22 and didn't know any better. And came out not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they were originally, I guess, secured funds time uh, after the show ended or even while the show was still going on, like I said, to make two movies. One was going to be a remake that, you know, is basically the remake of episodes 25 and 26, which turned into End of Evangelion. And the other one was going to be a completely new movie, which we didn't really ever get. but. Hideaki Ano also said he had written the plot and he says, quote, the plot was very similar to the current attack on Titan. It's a world where most of humanity has been destroyed. We're holed up in a place protected by an AT field. There's only one bridge to the outside and an apostle will come from the outside. And the apostle is eating people, which is not possible in the TV version of Eva. And on the other hand, does not use an entry plug but instead implants a child directly into the uterus and removes it surgically each time. Hideaki Anno, are you okay? <laughs> uh, I, I, did you watch the same movies that I watched? No, he's not. Uh, <laughs> or, or at least was not. He says, this, um, if he, this, when you watch rebuild, you would be like, Oh yeah, he's all right. He says this setting still remains in modern uh, Shinjeki. And when I saw attack on Titan, I thought it was so similar. <laughs> it really is. When you, when you think about it, like Attack on Titan, I mean, look, Evangelion, the weird thing about this show and the re- and the reason we're doing it is there are two genres that get highly utilized. The mecha genre, which this is often placed in because for the most part, until the reveal in the series, this is considered a mecha anime. Oh, I thought it was mecha for, you know, decades of my life because I I'd never I'd only watched like the first four or five episodes. Same. And so I, I, I'm not a huge mecha guy. I've, I've watched other mecha shows, but I was like, this is great, but I don't know if I'm like in it to win it. I really wish I'd stuck through <laughs> because it's one of the craziest anime ever made. Yeah. And it and definitely takes a twist. But yeah. That, because that, that, essentially the twist, they, are, they are, they are driving Kaiju. That is the twist that the audiences got, you know, which is so cool. You know, they are also these angels these these monsters yeah I, I i didn't I, that's why i just said kaiju because i did not want to go into what these things actually are like yeah i, I mean they're, I read, they're kaiju. I read a detailed they are... uh synopsis on on the entirety of evangelion before i did read oh. one 
big you, post. I think the one if, you sent me. If you want and, to and, burn and a couple t- hours, there's a lot of YouTube videos. By the time I finished that, the one it was an actual synopsis, and even though it was long, I was like, "This is the this is as short and sweet as you can make it." I was like, "Yeah, my head hurts." <laughs> well, not only your head, but Hideyakiano, his production team, they did not want to be rushed after the show. So while the original plan was to make this original movie and in the end of Evangelion, they were realizing that the second movie, this new movie would require them building basically a movie from the ground up because it was going to have, you know, new Eva's. It was going to have a new world. It was supposed to be set in a snowy world. So like the backgrounds, the, the everything that they had done would look very different. He Anna was quoted as saying after, you know, a- after Evangelion, he was he was very broken. Unlike the uh, I guess this is not the, the quote that I needed, but it's, he, he was, you know, the, the show was created as a response to his depression. And Shinji is is kind of a, a self-reflective character like. Hideaki Anno was and you would think success oh that definitely cures everything that's wrong with you it it made things much worse after the tv show ended because there were so many otaku that were clamoring for more they needed something in addition and well it also th- because the way well we'll talk about the way that the next movie ends but like it's it, it's not like it gives you a full-on conclusion <laughs> <laughs> the well, the, the TV series. A lot of people were unsatisfied with the TV series. Oh no, no, I was talking about the films. Yeah, the the films as as well. But the the TV series when it ended, there was a lot of debate. Like this can't be it, right? <laughs> like the ending is a little bit unsatisfying. It's been parried a lot. I, I shared with you the the Steven Universe scene where uh, all the gems are standing around Steven saying congratulations <laughs> and clapping for him. Yeah, there, there have been a lot of Evangelion of what really more end of Evangelion references in, in animation and, and well, and TV and, and movies in the last 25 years. I think Simpsons did one. Um, no, I was thinking they must have done some kind of even there's something like the Simpsons has, do- has done. I know like about a year or two ago, there was a really popular, parody of the end of Evangelion shot with a Bobby Hill <laughs> that was pretty pretty excellent but I, I I think one of those animation shows has done something similar to the Evangelion stuff and I mean similarly to the animated series this this movie does not end in any sort of satisfying way you, you would think if we're gonna we're gonna add some stuff that we should put we should put some mustard on the hot dog, you know? Well, so yeah, re- death only really goes up to episode 24, which is an emotional climax for the TV series when mm-hmm. when Shinji kills Kwaru and goes into like a spirals into a depression, but obviously is not in any way a climax to this show. The, the these in uh, the Evangelion ends up replacing episode 25 and 26, which are this very metaphysical kind of soul searching sojourn that Shinji goes on, which I enjoy. I think it works a lot less jerking off <laughs> <laughs> like a hundred percent less somehow, but the, it also, uh, it, that, that scene has always been like, what I, I, there was one of those moments where, like, I think I hate this show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we got to talk about it uh, next week as well. But uh, the the show over twenty six episodes went from an action, uh, you know, kaiju show uh, week to week kind of thing, and and went more into a cerebral television show. You know, I mean, not unlike Twin Peaks, but very similar. With every episode, it kind of took one step out of the real world and one step more into this kind of mindscape of the characters. And so the television series climax is, I mean, it does that perfectly, but fans wanted closure on the actual characters and uh, to see what actually physically happened to them in the movie, which is pretty amazing and, and crazy in the next film. But I think they work better together than either of them as like, I don't think either can replace the other one, you know? I mean, I, I like I said, the next time I watch the show, I'll probably watch the 24 and then watch the movie or watch Rebuild. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm excited that those are on our list, but they are they are so far apart. Like the the first movie yeah, comes out, it's, it's four it's years. It's going to be wild because like the first two came out like within a decent time of one another, and then <laughs> the third one comes out. All right, took a little bit. And then it's like 12 years for the last. Uh, one yeah, no, there's two years between the first two movies. And then the third one is four years. And the next one three, is three uh, 2000. Oh, yeah, three, 2009 to 2012. And then, yeah, it is a well, a four, almost a decade, <laughs> decade until the the last one. All right. So. Uh, one of the things I did want to point out, and we talked about it before we started recording, is a Cruel Angels thesis, the TV series intro song. This very upbeat, catchy anime theme, one of the most, you know, amazing anime themes of all times. So bright, so hopeful, nowhere to be seen in this this film. You know, I guess that makes sense because it's not a television broadcast, but Japanese singer Yoko Takahashi, um, the 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 song was composed by Amori and Sato and it makes sense that it's not here. Cause like I said, this is a lead up into end of Evangelion, which is a much more dour, you know, film, but it is replaced in this movie by some much more plaintive, pensive music. Posh bells canon also known as canon in D it's a song from like, uh, I've never really, I guess I've, I've definitely heard it, but I've not, heard of it it's from maybe like the early 1700s but it fell into obscurity until the 1960s and now is used in both weddings and funerals styles so it's, <laughs> it's popular in both and maybe fair, that fair enough explains why it's, it's used in this movie i do think it's a, a fairly important tonal change like i said to get ready for end of evangelion the the music in this movie was arranged by shiro sagisu which I mean, it's good. And that's kind of like the the theme of this film is that the new footage has the the pilots playing these instruments like they are kind of making the soundtrack that you're you're listening to almost, which, you know, it's that like a, a mental thing. Is that does that really happen? Did they teach them how to play cellos and basses and, and things yeah. that is not really explained? Uh, Miles, this is one of the best TV series of all time, ne- Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, well, it has. That's a matter of opinion. <laughs> it has a 100% critics rating on Rotten Tomatoes. There's That is insane. That is like absolutely insane. Well, there's actually a lot of anime that have 100%. I was looking into this. I was like, is this the best? Because no one reviews them? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, a lot of the big ones, you know, I think we we talked about before we started recording. And the, thing is, the thing is, Demon I do Slayer think it's and, a good show, even though I, I, I get frustrated by me on Genesis Evangelion a, a lot and and get frustrated having conversations about Neon Genesis Evangelion a lot. Gynax and everyone under the Gynax umbrella, just they do good work. One of the things that I find so compelling about Gynax productions is the world building in their animation. Drew and I, for the more you know, did uh, the first Gynax film project, The Wings of, of Honomize. Mm-hmm. And the, the the movie itself is, is kind of to midland but there's some good stuff in there then there's some really really odd character choices that kind of ruin the movie but the world the world building they do in everything that, that that's going on in in the background the settings how how they are done how everything looks lived in mm-hmm. is impeccable and they do the same here like the the lived in area in which everyone functions is phenomenal the the way the tech looks is so cool. Everything about this anime is so well constructed. And, and as a result, the, the fight sequences between the Avas and the Angels are stunning. Like they oh, are yeah. some of the best like battles that you you could have possibly have seen on this scale in the 90s, for sure. If we, yeah, like, if we're talking about kaiju battles, it's it's embarrassing how original and out there this series got with with some of the 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 battles i i I think honestly a huge inspiration for for the the kaiju element of it is ultraman because with so many episodes at this point you know ultraman's been on for 30 years you had all kinds of of monsters from like figments of the imagination to yeah giant floating blobs 
and the fact that he went on to do Ultraman, Shin yeah. Ultraman, is is very very apparent. <laughs> well, yeah, we talked about in our '80s recap his first, you know, student film that Hideaki Anno put together was an Ultraman fan film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was a, an old school otaku, and I forget the Japanese word for it, but uh, it might be a, a derivation of, of otaku. It, it's it, the meaning of it is like a child raised on media, you know, like they grew up with these like huge franchises as as part of their lives. Uh, I, I mean, we would probably call them like a nerd now, but it's something a little bit more than that. I, I feel like I know what you're talking about. I just the uh, Miles the the audience score for for the series I think is a little closer to to <laughs> maybe what you feel. It's 88. percent It did have the, the show. Yeah, the the show did have a pretty you know divisive. I felt like a very rushed ending. I think if e- End of Evangelion had kind of come out along with the show and put it all together, it would be you know much closer to to perfect but they had to wait a year and kind of finish it off in its own own right but let's talk about this before we rate death and rebirth the legacy of evangelion i before i think i'd seen the series i feel like i had heard about it here in the west while it was not here and just being played in japan like in the 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 mid nineties because I feel like I remember going to conventions and seeing Evangelion things or uh, no, for sure talk about it and that that is that is how crazy popular it was it was definitely being bootlegged and 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 brought over in various- I I definitely saw artwork at conventions but it, I, honestly my first I think my first actual like interaction with Evangelion was seeing the posters at Suncoast and mm. in magazines like Fangoria and Sci-Fi, Sci-Fi the, Wire or Analog or. Yeah, that, that would that would have been in the 90s, probably like the late 90s. I the think late 90s. Started bringing over. Yeah, like I, I remember it being a big deal. I, and well, it's seeming like it was a big deal mm-hmm. that End of Evangelion was coming out here. They made a huge deal about it, at least in the marketing run. And that was probably my first real actual like interaction with evangelion i i think the luckily i didn't opt to see the movie before i watched the series because i would have been very confused more so than i am now yeah well i meant to ask you what your your history with the show was before we started our our full discussion i think i had seen an episode at a convention in the 90s so it was probably like a fan subtitled kind of deal but Mm -hmm. i'm i'm pretty sure Unless it was some other, you know, mecha show that like took place. I'm pretty sure I saw the Asuka episode where they're on the like aircraft carriers and, and, and giant ships, because I remember being like, oh, that's such a weird place to have this kind of monster I, mech battle. I didn't check. It certainly seems like something that might have happened, like in the mm-hmm. early days of like Toonami or something similar. Mm-hmm. I think actually like maybe pre tsunami like I want to say like sci-fi channel would sometimes put on like adult anime like this. Mm. Like I remember the first time I saw Akira was on the sci-fi channel. And I feel like there are, there are some episodes that always feel like familiar to me. Right. right. Even though I feel like I first like watched them cognizantly as an adult, like in college, but there are episodes where I'm like this, this feels so familiar. So either it's like heavily referenced in stuff I've watched or like I watched it late night on something. I'm wondering if I saw one of the like dozen shows that kind of aped this show <laughs> uh, completely. Maybe I didn't see it and I'm, I'm misremembering it, but th- this had an impact on Gundam. This had an impact on plenty of other mecha shows because this show was basically taking tropes of several animes and kind of recontextualizing them and turning them on their ear. Like at the base, the characters are a harem anime you know it's all these girls focused on on this one guy and you know trying to connect with him but obviously that guy is terrible and none of them i don't think really like him but 
are, are all still kind of dependent on him as the the main crux of the show. Obviously, there's there's a mecha element. Child soldiers is is something that's been in the the mecha genre for a while, and this show is basically the thesis statement why this is the poster child of why you don't put teenagers with problems and hormones in a giant killer angel robot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, you know, like I said, had had the reputation even before I saw it as being like the best anime of all time. And when I when I saw it, I wasn't super impressed. But Japan and just about everyone that saw the entire series over here all around the world loved it. And maybe that is to the chagrin of Hideaki Anno, who, you know, was under so much pressure to keep producing uh, when the series ended. And yeah, that had to go down the end of Evangelion film route. And, you know, eventually would go back to the well and do the rebuild series, a reimagining of the original story with new characters, new elements and in film format. But as a single season of of television in this, you know, kind of accompanying film, I do think it is one of the most influential anime of all time. I I stagger. Yeah, I, I, I can't deny its its influence at all. I was reading how it really helped to popularize and I guess make much more mainstream the cosplay scene, Um, just cosplay Mm. of the main characters became, you know, so crazy popular in Japan, (laughs) especially Ray and uh, Asuka. Yeah, those are the the two big ones. No, uh, although I I I have seen people dressed as Shinji just in like a shirt and pants, a shirt and p- slacks. And, well, they right. carry they carry around the metal chair so they sit in it and like shake their heads. <laughs> it's, <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's a great, it's a pretty funny. Yeah, it it had huge influences on shows like Urin Lagan and Reno Lagrange. Well, um, the, to be the, fair, Urin Lagan was made by Gynax. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, but it's it. I mean, they they made a lot of other stuff that wasn't in the same vein before. No, I know, but like, it's it's weird. It's weird to add, just add that one to the the list because it's like, well, yeah, but it's 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 like saying like it was influenced by Carrie, you know, video games such as Xenosaga. We talked about Steven Universe, but a, but a ton of other American. Yeah, Xenosaga is a big and. Yeah, well, it's crazy. Uh, I played that game before I had watched the TV show. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> if I had only known. But yeah, I a lot of people compare Neon Genesis Evangelion online to Japan as as big as Star Wars is to the US. So in Japan, even if you hadn't seen the TV show or the movie or any of the movies, People just it, it seeped into the culture, so they know the characters' names. They probably know the theme song without having ever seen it, and that's the same thing with Star Wars. People know who Darth Vader is, and they know the Imperial right. March. They don't have to have seen the movie, but yeah, yeah I, I, I would I would definitely put it on that list of like ten anime that like through cultural osmosis, like any every everyone would probably know, like that you know Bebop, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball, like. Which all sound like no duh things, but I'm like, yeah, that's how big these shows are to the or to the degree that like you mention it and you're like, oh yeah, duh, yeah. you know, like you you see someone in an orange gi and you're like, okay, well that's gotta be a Dragon Ball reference, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. But yeah, I I think it makes sense, and both are kind of cultural pastiches, both Star Wars and Neon Genesis Evangelion. I feel like you know Star Wars took Buck Rogers, Samurai cowboys and and war films and neon genesis evangelion was a response to the tropes the very postmodern response to what mecha anime and and kaiju and harem anime were were all about really turned them on in its ear like i said miles are are you ready to rate death and rebirth talk about (laughs) it sounds like you didn't enjoy your time here do you you want to start off with your enjoyment sure I, I think if you are going to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, do not. I mean, and we've kind of said this several times in this episode. Do not yeah. watch this movie. This is not. This is not the original Gundam trilogy. This is not something that's going to give you any any context. If you want to watch Neon Genesis Evangelion, then you need to watch at least the first twenty four episodes of the show. If you've never watched it, probably watch all twenty six just so you have. 
it's, that in your back pocket. It's crazy. It's one you can't just read summaries of either because no. it's so crazy. Like you can't get a recap in any form. It's those yeah, twenty six episodes are so deep. <laughs> it's it's it is one of the densest animes I've ever watched. That's not a compliment, and it's also not a criticism. It's just it's dense, and yeah. it does stuff that I don't really. I'm. Whenever I do watch it, I'm too lazy to bother understanding some of it. And that's that's on me as the viewer. However, for this particular film, I did not enjoy my... It had been long enough from my... I, I probably watched the entire series last maybe about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was enough to where like, I remember what happened, but nothing specific. And this did not help. It made it a frustrating watch. And I thought the, you know, rearranging things just kind of felt like it was kind of self-aggrandizing. I, Yeah, I did not have a good time watching this compilation film. And for that reason, for personal enjoyment, I'm giving it a five out of ten. OK, uh, I mean, we're not like crazy far. Off, no, uh, I, I I just I, I think it's I think it's a rough watch, especially if you've never seen the show. If you've just like you did have recently watched the show, it's probably not a, not a bad clip show, but it just. And I, I misquoted myself earlier. I said 88 minutes. It's 68 minutes, which is insane. Yeah, it's, you know, without the the rebirth part, it's very short. It does feel longer, though. It, well, that's because it's kind of not narratively. You know, it, it's structured. because it's blowing smoke up its own, you know. But <laughs> I, I do think that if if you've never watched Evangelion before, this movie is not the way to start. And uh, unless you've just watched it and kind of want to, you know, jazz yourself up to watch end of Ava. Like I, for, for me, this is, this is not the way to go, but I mean, yeah, it is. I, I think it is a good way to jazz yourself up. If you've, if you've already watched the show, I had never seen this before. So I was excited to kind of get to it. it it's you know, one of a few bits of Eva that I've, I've not watched. Like I said, I've watched a TV show in its entirety about a year ago. Yeah, so going back and watching this movie was a, a pretty good refresher. But I will say I also watched like an hour long video on YouTube of like the entire show and like what stuff means. And even that, well, th- th- there think, you go. <laughs> well, I don't even think that prepared me for <laughs> NDB Bengelion. So I was like, all right, I just need to watch this again. Because <laughs> the first time I watched NDB Bengelion, I was just in so much shock <laughs> the entire time. I was like, what? I had to go back and and start reading, doing some some homework <laughs> to understand it. But yeah, a lot of places online will tell you that you can skip this if you've already watched the TV show. I think it is at least worth watching once because uh, I, I did enjoy my time. And if you have already watched the TV series, you're not. I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt you to watch this. I, I just don't think that it's the best you know, recap <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm giving it a seven out of 10 because I, okay. I, I did enjoy my time. And, you know, it, I mean, at the very least, you got some new, a little bits of new animation here and you get to see what they were trying to show audiences before they saw the final movie. So, like I said, it's interesting to see, like, what did they cut out of, you know, upwards of 20 hours of the the anime Maybe less. 18 hours of the anime. I'm not sure how long the, the show is. What do they cut? Episodes, so yeah. what, what did they <laughs> cut? I, I'm not sure if I remember. Are they all like about half an hour? Yeah. I'm not sure if I, uh, I mean, it's very interesting. Like what did they cut down to like five or 10% of the, the runtime? So it, it's worth it. I think, well, like I said, watching it once for that, for the technical, I mean, the animation here is, is top notch. I think, the new segments that they decided to put in for for death are and they actually redid some animation from the film, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I I do knock it here because of how it is an edited clip show <laughs> uh, and, and not a, a, a well timed out one. There are some scenes that I really wish we got more of and some some in so abruptly. There's not even re- really a reason to have them in here. <laughs> You know, they just they linger, they linger on some things too long and others that I wish we got more of like like, you know, Toji's death, for example, and and like actually having him in the movie. um, There's a pretty good amount of Guaru in in the film, but still not enough 
you know, for how important his character was to Shinji. For, for example, the very infamous elevator scene is in the movie <laughs> where Suko and Ray, just to show the tension between them, are riding an elevator in silence. And it's 40 seconds of silence in both the TV show and in the movie. And, you know, when your movie is 68 minutes long, <laughs> that you can't do that. <laughs> right. It doesn't work as well. It works great in the show. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm knocking it down a few points. I'll knock it down even more. I don't, I don't care, Miles. I'm giving it a, a 7 out of 10 as well for the technical. It looks as beautiful as the TV show. So, so yeah, this, that's, the, that's the hard part. The, the things that work are you know, what make the show work, the the gorgeous animation, the phenomenal fight scenes, the mm-hmm. excellent set work designs, the character stuff is very interesting in terms of everyone else other than Shinji. All, like, the all of that is is top notch. Well, not just the ladies. You've got plenty of other male characters that are absolutely interesting and I would rather follow. Yeah. You get some agendo in, in this film, but not a lot of not a lot, not a ton. Characters. So. For for that that reason, I'm torn. This is the problem with this film is like the stuff I like is from the show, but this is a clip show of the show. This yeah. the fact that there's some new stuff. So I'm going to give it I'm going to the same as you. I'm going to give it a seven because like there is so much that is good here, but I have to dock it heavily for being a poorly edited or just a poorly conceived version of the show for me. But it's just I, I as much as happened in the show, I don't know if they could do like a good clip show that's like oh they what? could I, I just don't know what you would put in it you know well one you would not make it an hour long i, I was about to um, say it would have to be a lot longer and no it would, be, it would need to be at least two and a half hours long and even then maybe you need two movies uh but it's, like it's too much <laughs> well then just watch the show but yeah. like if it, but at the same time like if you're going to try to edit down a 26 episode series into 68 minutes, you need to expect that kind of, mm-hmm. uh, especially a show like this. If it was a show like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like like One Piece or uh, something, yeah. you know, where, I mean, we've actually watched that stuff kind of, you know, edited down to one season of television for I mean, a lot of it. There, there's a whole company whose job was to abridge Dragon Ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or they, Dragon very Ball. popular, yeah. So like I I feel like it can be done, but like if if you can't do that properly, then like yeah, just don't do it. Like I get that they just needed they they wanted something to put out to kind of really th- this thing is almost like a like a a sixty eight minute promo for End of Evangelion. It's the longest trailer you're ever going to see. I, I mean, very literally when when it first came out because Rebirth was all new footage and the, the first. 30 minutes of the movie are amazing. So like, that's one of the reasons this is getting such a high, like the animation is just so good. Oh yeah. Um, we'll talk about that more next week, but right. So a seven out of 10 for you there for, for my evocative. I, I do think this is a, a very singular moment in even Gillian's history that, you know, kind of encapsulated the popularity of the TV series in several ways. You know, it kind of showed how, the, the the appeal that it had to audiences the world over and yeah, showed showed how you could put out something that I don't think any other TV show could do edited in such kind of a poor way, but still have a very huge impact on, on viewers who I, I got to imagine most have seen the series prior, but maybe some didn't, you know, maybe just like osmosis, they had heard what the show is about. And went in just into the movie theaters. We talked about how Ultraman has this long history of doing these theatrical releases edited into to films of the, the TV show. And we typically avoided them here on the podcast because, you know, they don't usually constitute a huge difference in experience than watching just the individual TV episodes. Death and, and Rebirth do offer a different experience. It's not as good, obviously, as the TV show, but it's very different. You know, it it feels like they are setting you up for a downer of an ending. (laughs) So I think in that in that way, they (laughs) they are doing a very good job of that. So I'm giving it uh, for its evocative nature, like where where this stands more in relation to the TV series and maybe the movies that follow. Uh, I'm giving it an eight out of 10 
think this is where it it succeeds the most. So again, anything that I, w- I would give it credit for belongs to the TV show, not this particular entry. I think that Death and Rebirth, whatever we talk about, and then and every every conversation I've ever had about Evangelion, someone's always said, "Oh yeah, you can skip that one. Just watch end." Mm-hmm. For that reason, I don't think it's vastly important to the franchise in the long run. I, I, I agree with you that it was a moment in time. And also when, when thinking about Kaiju cinema, like this particular entry doesn't seem to have a real impact. Now, Evangelion itself absolutely does. Mm. But this particular entry, despite it being a compilation show, I, I don't I don't see it. And, you know, as as an emotional film, it's tough to to get yourself invested because we are going at such a breakneck speed. We are. I mean, we're traveling 100 miles an hour trying to I mean, we were we're basically reading like a three page summary of an a thousand page novel. And (laughs) it's it's pretty close. (laughs) And and, and so for that reason, again, it's, it's not that this is a terrible, terrible blight on on cinema or animation, but. Just as an effort, I mean, again, this this feels more like a we put we're going to put something in theaters to get people stoked about the Mm -hmm. the real original project we're doing. And so so for me, like as an evocative piece of art, I I really this one's tough for me, but I'm going to stick with my gut. I'm going five out of ten for this because I think that what's evocative about this movie comes from the series and not from this particular entry. I'm trying to think if if Firefly had put out like a clip show film with like the first 20 minutes of serenity in theaters. Would I have gone, <laughs> would I have gone to the movie theater to watch it? And the answer is probably, probably I would have but been, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this. I probably would never watch that particular thing again after. I, well, yeah, I, 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 I think I, you're right. I, I have watched that show so many times and that movie so many times that like, I, 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 that's a great way to put it because I would have absolutely gone to see that and like a hundred percent been like, yeah, this is cool. But if I I went back and watched it, I would watch the series and then serenity. I think it's important that we do look at this though, because I mean, it does. I agree. It is a part of the show. There's a reason why you can watch death true to (laughs) death, death squared on Netflix right now is they brought it over as part of the package deal of the original show. Uh, Yeah. That that was probably more like you get this and Netflix is like, yeah, we'll take that too. Why not? Well, no, they, they, they did original. um, I think they did it for everything. I was about to say they they did. I I, I think they redubbed everything and and stuff. So I guess and that caused quite a controversy (laughs) for some reason. Oh, 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 yes. They, they they did a a different translation and that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like I said, we could talk about this series and its history for an entire season of the podcast. And (laughs) I, I mean, I don't want to do that, (laughs) but uh, no, I, 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 I am, I am not equipped to do that. I don't think <laughs> uh, that brings my final score to a 7.3 yours to a 5.6, which I think means we're meeting right in the middle for the podcast final for death and rebirth as a six out of 10, which, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, that's a, usually we editing ours together kind of comes to a, a happy middle ground. It makes sense. And I, I think we're, We've landed on on where this is and the importance of Neon Genesis Evangelion. It it is it is a a a pretty big step down from from the show, which uh, you know I, I don't even think we talked about it. But I, I personally, for me, the show is like a ten out of ten anime as far as like kaiju anime goes. It's definitely the best <laughs> animated uh, TV shows. Um, maybe challenged by a, a singular point. Um, but I want more singular point before I love singular point. <laughs> I wanted to um, continue. It's it's possible. Yeah, but... I, like I'm I'm still a little cooler on this this the, the anime, but like I would still yeah, it's 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 well regarded for a reason. And just because I'm a dissenting voice does not mean I I don't recognize its its depth and quality. And um, what, what, what would you give the show if you had to put a number to it? For me personally, eight. Okay, that's fine. 
that's that's basically where a lot of the audience is. <laughs> yeah, that's um, why when you said like it was an eighty-eight percent, I'm like, yeah, 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 that 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 tracks for me. Right, right there in the middle. You can talk to us online on your social medias at Kaiju versus History or email us at Kaiju versus History at gmail dot com. Rate and review or show wherever you find it, and find our five star reviews in in five star format on Letterboxd. At Kaiju versus History on Letterboxd. You can find us there in all of our reviews and also our list of, of upcoming films. There's like a hundred movies on that list that we haven't watched yet. So we're we're gonna be around for a while longer, still on the podcast. Miles, what are we what are we looking at? Oh, you already mentioned what we're looking at next week. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, th- this we this talked is about it gonna, a uh, lot. Well, yeah, well, we probably should have just done this as a double episode. Basically, it is. Yeah. So thank you, listeners, and thank you, Patrick. And we're gonna catch you next time. When we finish Evangelion with a theatrical film that, no, I'm not saying that. Serves as one of the greatest endings. It's one of the most interesting anime anime endings ever. Sure. (laughs) Certainly. and I'm I'm guessing this is done ironically. Finally puts rest Hideaki's Anno's vision for the original series. Yeah. Well, no. The Um, original series, yes. Not the sequel series. It's not his. No, he said that the reason he did the rebuild was because it didn't fit his vision. That's right. Tune in next time for History versus Neon Genesis Evangelion. The end of Evangelion. For now. The end of Evangelion. Question mark. (laughs) Right. The end of Evangelion.